Welcome to Momentum Church. Praise, amen. It is good to be able to start a new series with you over the next four weeks. I want you to open your Bibles to Ecclesiastes. It'll take you a little bit. So I'm going to have you looking now, all right? So it's a little book squished in the Old Testament. Go find that book of Ecclesiastes. And while you're doing that, the series we're getting into, obviously, is Space Invaders. Space Invaders. And we're going to be looking at things in our life that kind of rob us of God's best. Things in our life that come really centered around the area of busyness. How many people busy in here today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of us at times live very busy. Even as a pastor, I can't tell you how many times people will call me, people will reach out to me, and the first thing they say to me is, I hate to bother you because I know you are you're busy. And I'll be honest, that always hurts my heart a little bit because, you know, I just, I, I like, I would only, I'm only busy because of you people. <laughs> if you stop making me busy, I'm obsolete. No. So, but no, I'll hear their heart and I get it. And I think it's part of that is I think is a projection. I think everybody's busy. And so in their minds, you're busy too. And so they lead with that. And men, often in life, that's just, I, I, it just, like I said, it, it always makes my heart a little sad because then after they say that, they'll go in to talk about what they need to talk about. And guess what? It's important. It's valid. It's warranted. You know, don't call me wanting to know what time men's breakfast is. Okay. That's not valid. That's not warranted. Call Brantley. Okay, <laughs> but, but, but when somebody goes, hey, I know you're busy, but I need to talk to you, and man, their marriage is in crises, it's like, yes, well, that's why we're here, amen, but don't call me for calendar stuff. Okay, so, all right, just, 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 just being serious. <laughs> then you, you get it too, though, because you'll go to stores, and you'll run into somebody, and when you run into them at the store, you'll ask, so how are you doing? And guess what they say? I am so busy. Oh, blessed would be awesome. That'd be awesome. Highly favored. Glory to God. But so often it's, I'm busy. And I just kind of want to look for a little bit. Where did all this busyness come from? Because, you know, when I was born, it just really wasn't that busy, right? Every one of us, when we were born, wow. <laughs> Somebody... It went through the other side. So when, when I was born, really, like, my main job was breathing, right? I mean, like, I ate and I slept. That's it. Eating, sleeping. Not a whole lot more. Now, obviously, I couldn't feed myself, right? So as a little guy, like, as a little gal, you, you know, um, obviously, you had family. So it's eating, it's sleeping, it's family, that's about it. Now, if you were like my family, okay, within a short period of time, guess where they took you? To church. Amen? So it's eating, it's sleeping, it's family, and it's church. But for the first little bit of time, that's about all there was in my life. Eating, sleeping, family, church. Then I found my foot. You know, you have kids, right? You, you see, they're, oh, they find their foot and they, it's the cutest thing. And you're just like, oh my gosh. Well, you know what they're doing? They're playing. So there's eating, there's sleeping, there's, there's, there's church, there's, there's play. And for preschool, up through preschool, that's about it. That's, that's what we do. Wouldn't it be awesome to return there? Amen? How many of you enjoy that? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to go to church. 
wants to hate my family. You know, I want to eat. I want to sleep. I want to play. But that's not how life was. When your kids got about four or five years old, you gave them something. If you're a good parent, and I'm sure you are. I do this to my kids. They now have chores. How many have your little four and five-year-olds do chores? You need to. Amen? You need to. And so, you know, like little Arden, she's six now, but for the last year or so, her chore is feeding the dogs. That's what she does. She feeds the dogs in the morning. You know, she feeds the dogs. Mac, he takes the trash out to the outside. Grant, he's older. He takes the trash down to the street. They all have different little jobs and stuff, and, um, and they all should do more. <laughs> Just to be honest, right? The little, the little, the little leeches that they are. So, so now they're not even in school yet. And, 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 and they, have, they have work, I'm sorry, they have chores, they have eating and sleeping, they got some family, they've got some um, 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 play. This is, this is all that's going on, and they get a little bit older, right? And so before school begins, before kindergarten, at least for me, my play became outdoors. Still to this day, I would live, Amy tells me, if it wasn't for the family, I would be feral. I'm serious. I would just live outside all the time. I love the outdoors. And that started as a little kid. And so as a little boy, we lived kind of on a little country corner, and there was woods. And I, I, I can't imagine my parents did this. You were horrible parents. Horrible. You're home watching. I know Mama Wiseman. Awful. So four or five years old with me at five with my little daisy rifle, little daisy BB gun, and I'd be out in the woods playing and come back for lunch and go back out in the woods. And that's all I had was eating, sleeping, food, family, church, play. That was it. It was glorious. We all would love that, you know? And then I get a little bit older and I start to have friends. Steve Caudell, if you're watching, Steve Caudell comes in my life. Dirt bikes come into my life. You know, and so all we do is play because that's what we do as kids. And kids are uniquely created to play. Like they don't care about dirt, right? And they really don't get hurt that easy. I've dropped my children before, you know? And they're, they're okay. They're okay. But me and Steve, man, we got into all sorts of stuff. I started to have a friend, you know? Man, that friend, he's still a friend to this day. He was in the woods when I was almost 30, and I broke my shoulder. We started hanging out when we were three. And so you have friends that you're managing now. And so, yeah, you're not even in school yet, and all this stuff is happening. Then a dilemma in my life took place. Now, listen, I, you know I'm a word preacher. I'm going to get to the word, all right? A dilemma in my life took place. How many remember Pong? My sister got a console TV. That had Pong, had two controllers that come off of it that were little paddles, and they came off, and you would beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, and that little thing, it was awesome. And so now I've got play, but I got I to kind of, do I go outside, or do I beep, boop, beep, boop? So as a little kid, I'm starting to make a decision about the busyness of my life. And guess what? The outdoors won. It just didn't have enough draw. The bip boop of Pong didn't have enough draw. But as I got older, Berserk came out. Oh, I'm talking to some people in here. And then Pitfall. Wasn't that awesome? Frogger. Oh, yeah. What was your favorite? Somebody. A Tetris. That's a little later, but that's okay. That's okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All the, so all these different things start to come out. I remember Summer Games came out. And this game, you had this controller, and it had a joystick, and you would go like this to make it run. Remember this? And I would do this so much, I didn't even care that it was damaging me. I have scars in the palm of my hand. 
from playing summer games on the computer. All I'm getting at is I had a dilemma. I had choices to be made. And, and, and I wanted to go outside, but my friends wanted to stay inside. And, and you know what, though? I, I, what would my friends think if I don't want to hang out with them? I know it sounds different, but we still have that mindset. Well, they want me to do this, so I'm going to do this. I really don't want to do this, but this is what I'm going to busy myself with when I really just want to go outside and like play in the dirt and catch fish and stuff. But, you know, this is what everybody else is doing, so I'm going to busy myself with that. And, I'm, and I make that decision just to play video games with them. It was a space invader. That's elementary school. That's middle school, right? And I'm starting to get older, and I got family. I got church. I have play, which now is both outdoors and video games and soccer. I've got friends. And I've got more chores that are starting to happen. My dad was always very entrepreneurial. And so when I was 10, you know, he, he let me know that, that it's time, young man, to start a business. And so I, I started a mowing business. And within a week, I had four lawns at 10 years old. By the end of 15 years old or so, I had like 16 lawns. You know, it was a couple hundred dollars, three dollars a week. It was, it was money back in the 80s, you know what I'm saying? And so I have a job now. And I have soccer and I'm training myself in the importance of busyness. My boy, my dad would say, so proud. My boy, he's an earner. My boy, look at him play ball. My boy, look at him play bass at church. My boy. And all this pride, all this stuff is starting to pour into me. Like, like I'm just making my identity around what I busy myself with. And now I'm into high school. And I got family. And I got church. And I've got sports, Right? You know, I, I played soccer. I wrestled. I, 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 I was into ballet. <laughs> First position? Second? No, I wasn't into ballet. It would be awesome, but I wasn't. But all those kinds of things are happening, you know? <laughs> and more friends and, 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 and girls. Oh, did I have a lot of girlfriends. I know that's hard for you to believe. Guys, do you know how many first dates I went on? <laughs> dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of first dates. And you're going to be like, oh, pastor's a braggart. Do you know how many second dates I went on? <laughs> <laughs> I married Amy. <laughs> That's it. Like, she was like the only one that went on a second date. No, actually, I had a few. But she stayed for a third, a fourth, and, and all, almost 30 years later, we're still hanging out. But, <laughs> but that was growing up, you know? <laughs> I, I can remember when I met Amy, I, I was such a spaz in life, always just going after everything. And I was 13 and just had my birthday. My family, they locked me in an attic of the house, kind of. I lived in the attic. And the neighbor boys, like, you got to meet this kid. He's like such a spaz. Remember that word, spaz? And so she comes over to meet me, and I'm bounding down. Like, hey, Amy, how you doing? I'm just like everywhere, you know, because you got to keep going. You got stuff to do. And that's how I kind of grew up, just around this busyness. And, and the same with you, whether it was dating boys, dating girls, whatever. You know, it was, you're busy. And so family, church, recreation now is more than just the video games. There's so many other things and chores and, and work. And you get after high school and now you got college and all the study that goes along with college. And so even more. And, and maybe you're working a job during college. So none of these are being removed is the thing. None of these are being removed. It's, it's just all compounding. I still have family. I still have church. I still have friends. I still have recreation. I still have schoolwork to do. I still have all these things. I'm trying to date. You know, I, I, I've got all this stuff. I got to feed myself. All this busyness, all this stuff. You graduate college. <laughs> 
And you go on into your career and you get married, you know. And um, man, now you have a spouse. It's not just a girlfriend anymore. It's a spouse. Can I tell you, they can sometimes be more demanding a little bit. You know what I mean? It's good though. But you gotta, you got to watch out for their needs more than your own. And so you're navigating the spousal relationship. And next thing you know, a few more years go by and you've got children. So now you've got kids in the relationship. But guess what? None of the other stuff's gone. Kids are getting older. Now guess what the kids have? Another row of chairs. <laughs> they've got sports and they've got friends. And you feel like a taxi that they don't pay you anything for. <laughs> right? Busyness, busyness. <laughs> you got family, you got church. Now your recreation has went to, you know, oh, I got to go Tuesday night because it's the bowling league night with my friends, you know. So yeah, you got friends and you got bowling now or, or maybe it's golf for you. I don't golf. I always tell people, your pastor, a pastor should not do anything that makes them want to cuss. Right, Pastor Don? Right? Like, you shouldn't. And so I don't. I just I keep myself sanctified by staying off the course. I'll go with you if you invite me for fellowship, but I won't even act like I'm trying to do a good job. I'm just there to talk and throw something that way. That's how I look at golf. It keeps me at peace, right? <laughs> Excuse me. You still have chores. I thought that would end as a dad, but guess what? It doesn't because I have a wife that says, hey, Ross, you still have some chores, right? You got work, you got friends, sports, whatever it is. And then, and then let me ask you guys something. I, I was going to have three for this, but I only have two because I threw one. Give me a couple things in your life. What's something that you guys have? Maybe it's PTA or something. What's something like that that, that, that occupies your time? Say it one more time. Somebody say it one more time. You know what? That's not playing good because I can't hear out of both ears. That's right. Travel, okay. Oh, that's good. Planning adventure and travel. Yeah, yeah. I had in the first service, um, the Choats, who have the best barbecue in the world, shameless plug. The Choats, they set a side hustle, side business. They both have jobs, but they have a passion on the side. I love side hustles. Amen? I hope some of you guys that have them always tithe. Come on, somebody. But I hope some of you that have those side hustles, that they become your main hustles, if that's what your desire is. But, you know, maybe it's a side hustle. I already said PTA. There's all sorts of things. Facebook, which is a whole nother layer because it's recreational. It's entertainment. You're playing, sort of. It's also friends. It also pulls you into gossip. It's, but it takes so much time. And you're saying, Pastor, can we, can we get on with this? Yeah, we can. But I really want you to see this because you're probably saying, some of you, Ross, I have another row. I have another row. And we're trying to manage all these things. So the next thing you know, you're the one that when asked, so how's life? The answer isn't, we just had a baby. It's amazing what life is like. Or it's not, how's life? Oh, I just started this new career and it's been incredible. And, and this, How's life? Oh, I just got finished with my son's ball game. And man, they've been on a losing streak for two years and they won their first game. And we're just through. You can't even process that stuff because life is so jammed. How's life? I'm so busy. Do you see how that works? Mm hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so busy. The answer isn't even how's life? Going great. Or even how's life? Going bad. Sometimes it's important, especially with your friends, to drop the facade and you're going through all this busyness, but how's life? It's not so good. 
but you don't have the margin or the time to sit there and deal with it. It's not so good. And you know they're as busy as you. Pastor, I hate to bug you. I know you're busy. They're as busy as you, so you hate to bug them because you know they're busy. And so we all just keep running and running and running. And it's not any of those answers. No, it's going great. It's going, no, it's just, no, it's staying busy. Listen to this. Do you know most of the time busyness takes more from you than it gives? I want you to open your Bibles to Ecclesiastes. And listen, God has so much that he wants us involved in. You're going to see this. He has so much for us, activities and experiences. I call it his purpose. He has so much purpose for us. But listen to what the scripture says. For everything there is a season. Shout season. Seasons, and seasons begin and seasons Right, right. Not, not, not seasons that just, everything just stacks up and definitely feels like that. And a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill. I love this because the time to plant speaks to you vegetarians. A time to kill speaks to everybody saved in the room. Just kidding. Just kidding. Speaks to us carnivores. <laughs> time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Pastor, that's a lot of things. You're absolutely right. But listen, what gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. There's a lot of things, but watch. He has made everything beautiful in its time. In its time. I'm not saying that you have to get rid of any of these things. Okay, what I'm saying is God has purpose for us and some of us are running so fast and so clogged in our life without margin that we're missing out on the sense of God's best in that moment. Okay, goes on. He's made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. God wants joy in your life. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all, this, all of his toil. This is God's gift to man. God's gift to man. We can see from this that God has a life plan for you that is full of purpose. Those purposes he has for you are gifts to you. But I believe sometimes what happens, God has a purpose. He has a desire for your life to be full. But busyness often is a placebo for purpose. Don't miss that. Let me say it again. God wants us to be full. In life, full in our relationships, full in our marriage, full in our, our ministries, full in our businesses, full. He wants us to be full, but we look at busyness as the purpose. We look at busyness, kind of like the tail that wags the dog. We look at busyness, and that's look how good it's going. Look how busy I am. And busyness is a placebo to purpose. I must be doing good because look how many accounts I settled this month, which is awesome. And God wants you to excel. In selling your accounts. I get that. But at what cost? 
Your life is more than just toil. Your life is more than just the job. Amen? Man, that was a great sermon, Pastor Ross. Yes, it was. <laughs> but at what cost? Now, obviously, I have a job, and this is part of my job. But there's times where I could rob my family for that job. Does that make sense? And I could look and say, but I'm doing all this for Jesus. That busyness is a placebo. I'm not moving in his purpose. I'm moving in. Oh, I don't want to get into it because I'm going to talk about it next week. You have to come back next week. <laughs> There's a root behind all of this. That we're going to pluck out, and then we're going to take a couple weeks to build some great principles on how to achieve what God wants in our lives and not go crazy doing it. Amen? Not to let those space invaders take from us too much. We're going to shoot those things, those things down. I know it's silly, but I need a drink. Give me your best space invader sounds now. We're going to keep waiting. I'm going to keep drinking until it gets better. Go ahead. No, please stop. That was not the arcade of my youth. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> I can remember wanting to move into purpose. I can remember when my life started getting crazy busy. First job that I worked for was at Burger King where I worked for somebody else. I thought that was going to be smart. I'm going to stop working for myself. I did that for five years, and I'm going to go get a job that's $3.35 an hour. I remember when minimum wage was that, okay? And so $3.35 an hour. And um, it was awful. I didn't make anything. They didn't give me any hours. But one thing I learned there was this principle that busyness isn't purpose, that busyness is a placebo. And where I learned that was if you weren't busy, they gave you something else to do. So I want to look busy. I'm wiping, I'm cleaning. That's already been cleaned four times, but I'd rather clean this than go deal with the grease trap. Come on, somebody. You know, so the boss looks, I'm clean. I'm cleaning windows. I'm, you know, and I've taught my kids through the years, when it comes to work and you're in an experience or an environment, you look for the hardest job and you go do it in front of the people that are going to pay you. Like whatever it is, if this boxes are the heaviest thing in the room to move and you're supposed to move a bunch of stuff, you go grab the heaviest stuff. Now, if that stuff's not there to do and all there is a broom, then you sweep with the broom. You use the broom. But that's not what I was doing. I was using busyness as a placebo. Look how on purpose I am. Look what I'm doing. No. I just was staying busy, right? That's when I learned that. Here's the problem about busyness being a placebo for purpose. We think we're walking into purpose, but actually we're being robbed from because, ready? Busyness is a thief. It's a thief. I want to show you three things that it steals. First thing it steals, it steals our joy. You know, you know one study showed that people who commute, how many commuters do we have? I know we're in COVID right now. So before COVID, you commuted to work an hour each way or more, you know? Okay, a bunch of you. So people who commute, they say through a study that there is so much stress from the commute. You don't even realize it. it's latent stress on the inside of you that it actually is more stress than experienced by fighter pilots and riot police. Well, pastor, how is that possible? Here, here's how. A fighter pilot is in action for a short moment, a time for and a time for. Time for war and a time for. There's a short, he's out on mission and it's done. You know, 
A riot police is dealing with a situation. It's a situational kind of thing, right? But for you, dude, it's day after day after day. Knowing you got to leave by 6, not get home by 8, kiss the kids pretty much. They're already in bed. And it weighs on you. You don't even realize what it's doing, the stress that it does. Because it's week after. And I'm not, I'm not saying you can change that. Okay, I get it. I'm just wanting you to understand. I'm compassionate for you. I get it. And it's week after week, day after day, month after month. And I remember that. There's been seasons here that I worked other jobs so that I could finance my habit of ministry. You guys are like crack, I'm telling you, okay? <laughs> and there's been times, and I can remember those days. If I didn't leave at 6.15, even though it was only so many miles, I was like 12 miles, but it's going to be an hour drive if I don't get out of here quick enough. And man, they're not giving me my last job to go clean the carpets in it till like 6.30 at night. I'm getting home at 9 very often. That, that commute, that stress like that, it, it just weighs upon you. It begins to rob you of your, of your joy. Stress, it brings stress. It's not good for your health, right? Listen, when our lives are frantic and frenzied, we are more prone to anxiety, to impatience, to irritability. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Right? We're prone to those things when we have that sense of stress that comes from all the busy busyness. We're prone to resentment. Nobody understands all that I do. Husbands resenting the wife. Because the wife's frustrated with the hours that they're having to do. Uh, why husbands being frustrated with the wife? I said that wrong. Wives being husband, frustrated with the husbands because all the hours they're at work. And husbands being frustrated with the wife because you should be getting more done around the house. Well, yeah, I get that, sir. But your wife fed them breakfast, did their schooling, took them to their play practice, took them to the doctor. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a job, right? But resentment can come when we start to be busy. In Psalms 127.2, it says, It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest. If that's what life is, it's just the tail wagging the dog. And you have all this so stacked up that there's no margin. Shout margin. If that's how it is, then it says this. It's like eating the bread of anxious toil. You want satisfied, but it just anxiousness comes. It says, for God gives to his beloved sleep. You know what that means? The beloved, when you realize you're, you're a businessman, I want you to get this so deep in your heart, buddy. I do. All right, Evan? Man, I tell you, the things that God puts in this young man's heart to do, it's been amazing. I'm so proud of you. <clears throat> I'm sorry. <clears throat> it says, God gives the beloved rest. I love to say it this way. I am his and he is mine. I'm his beloved. And what that means is there's not one thing I can do more that will give him more love for me. As you go through life and God's giving you great ideas and wisdom and expanding business all over the country, you know, and that's happening. It's going to happen more. You can go to bed at night knowing you are the beloved. You bad mamma jamma young businessman. <laughs> but you're the beloved. Amen? You don't have to go to bed with anxious toil. You can go to bed knowing you are the beloved and you can have rest. Amen? And if you're another business guy in here, if you're another person, even just a regular worker, you don't own your own business, you're not an entrepreneur, but you feel that tension, just know that. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. You're the beloved. 
Give God some praise, amen? I need to be reminded of that for sure. John 15, 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. That's God's desire for you out of his purpose is that you can walk in the joy that he has. The problem is when business, busyness comes, it steals joy from us. And here's the thing. It doesn't just steal joy from you. When busyness steals joy, it steals everyone around you's joy. Can my staff give a witness? You better not. No, it does. It robs everyone around you joy. Amy would attest to that. When I'm so busy at times, if I'm so busy and I haven't managed my life, I'm tense. I don't bring joy into my home. Amen? I don't. I'm not walking in the purpose that God has for me. And and I want you guys to understand, as your pastor, I, I, I was told this by my pastor 17 years ago, God can't build a church until he builds a pastor. Amen? And I came to you guys at 32 and thought I knew everything. And I want to thank you guys because there was times where I wasn't moving in joy because I was so busy and hadn't learned yet how to have margin, how to have Sabbath. And it's only been two years since I took a day off, like like a a day off every week. And that was because of my board putting pressure on me because I was disobedient. And my board was watching out for me. Because they're watching out for you. But I want to thank you guys. Have been with, how many has been with us a long time? And you've had some joyless encounters with pastor. Don't raise your hand. We all. I mean, it's just part of doing life as a family. Amen? But I want to thank you for all those years, 16 years now, of the Lord, allow, just you allowing the Lord to work in my life, this stuff. I'm still not there yet. But I want to walk in greater joy. And I want to be a person that brings joy into the relationships that I have. Amen? Because I don't want to steal everyone's joy. Business is a thief. Second thing that it steals is in the area of relationship. It steals our best in relationships. Not only does it steal what you receive in a relationship, you can be so busy, you don't realize the good things around you that are happening relationally. You don't see the the, the glance of your child who's just trying to get dad's attention or mom's attention. You miss it. So you, you miss the good things that are coming your way. Daddy, daddy. And you miss it because your mind's on busyness. All right? I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm preaching to myself, okay? And you miss it. The other side of a relationship, you miss out on what you can give. You're so busy. God has things for you to pour into others, but you're so busy that we miss giving. You're at the store and, and they ask, So, how are you doing? I'm busy. You know what that tells them? Let's close this conversation up. You go your way, I go mine as fast as possible. And I'm not saying there's days that you don't need to do that, all right? But margin creates a place of relationship where you receive and you can give. Does that make sense? Okay? And so busyness is a thief, and it tries to steal relationship. Listen, Proverbs 16, 8, better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. The word righteousness, it actually means right relationship. The right relationship you have with God, but also the right relationship you have with other people. So it's better to have right relationship than have all the revenue in the world and miss those relationships. Does that make sense? 
The Lord gave me this. I love this. In Leviticus 19.10, And you shall not strip your vineyard bare, neither shall you gather the fallen grapes off your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. Pastor, what in the world does that mean to me in light of this? If I'm supposed to leave a little margin and a little extra for the poor, shouldn't I for my family? In other words, I don't, I don't work my life in such a way that I clean every branch. I clean I just every single minute, every single moment. I'm getting everything out of that crop to the point that I have nothing now for my family or nothing for my friends or nothing for the poor or the sojourner. As Christians, you know, there are people journeying in life that need you to show them the way of Jesus. But if we don't leave anything on our our, our, our 24-hour period, enough, we'll miss that. Amen? Margin's so powerful. So busyness is a thief, and it steals our best in relationships. And finally, busyness is a thief, and it steals our self-awareness. In other words, what's wrong in our own souls? We, we don't have the margin or the time to find out. You know, <laughs> let's go on the other side. What's right in our lives? It's not just the negative. You know, I get down on myself a lot of times. I do. Just, it's just a natural part of, I, 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 I was going to say, it's just a natural part of being a Jew. I, I don't want to be offensive. I'm just saying. It's, we're a morose people. Okay? And I get down on myself. If I don't have margin and busyness will hide that I'm not taking care of myself, that I'm not looking at the good things that I do. See what I'm saying? The same way in your life as well. The same way. So we miss the goods and the bads of our self-awareness. And, and I just want to say, what does it say about us that we are frequently overwhelmed? What's it say? Well, we won't know if we don't have self-awareness, if we don't take time. What, what commands of the Lord am I missing that I should obey? Well, I won't be self-aware if I don't have some margin and have some, some time. What, what about those self-imposed commands that I make myself live that I'll say, well, that's the Lord. Or maybe it's self-imposed commands I do because people expect it of me, okay? Maybe some of those things I need to just forget about. They need to be off the table, amen? But if I don't have self-awareness, I miss those things that I should ignore. What am I missing out that I don't know about myself? This is what Haggai 1, 5 through 9 says. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. That's self-awareness. You've sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one's warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into bags with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. And so I just want that of us as a family of God today. I want you to consider, consider your ways. And I want to tell you that you have permission to start removing some of these space invaders. Now, I'm not here to tell you which ones, but you have permission. It's okay to say no. We'll talk about this more throughout the next few weeks. All right? It's all right to create some space, to create some margin. It's okay to do that. Amen? And so I want you to begin thinking and praying, what is it in my life? that I need to give myself permission to start removing in my life. A Christian physician by the name of Richard Swinson, he said it this way, margin is the space between our load and our limits. Without it, we're going to be burdened. 
We need that margin. We need that space. So what are some of the space invaders that need to be removed in your life? Because I'll tell you right now, if you want to experience more in life, you have to make room for less. Don't miss that. If you want to experience more, you got to make room for less. You need margin. It's in that margin that you'll be able to find the more. And we need to be able to be people that, that, that do that. And so, yeah, you have family and church and recreation and, and sports and, and friends and spouses and kids and all the other things. And I'm not, I don't know what God's trying to take away, but give yourself permission to, to listen to what God is telling you. All right? And over the next few weeks, we're going to strengthen that permission in you. Amen? We're going to teach some principles that's going to give you a sense of resolve, that's going to help you not feel guilty about the things that you can and can't do. Amen? I'm going to close with this. I didn't say this in the first service, but I remember losing a friend over margin one time. Guy I hunted with too much. Not that it was too much. We hunted about 12 hours a day or 12 hours a week, you know. And I went into to seminary, and there was just no way I could work a full-time job 55 hours a week plus seminary and hunt 12 hours a week. And I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart and said it would be sin for you to be hunting this season. And so for a couple of years, I didn't hunt. Because I was in school. And I kind of lost my friendship. You know, that was what it was around. And I tried to help him understand this is just this season. I, I, I want to have friendship, but I got school. I got work. I was a pastor. I got my family. I got little ones. That's all I have time. I don't have time for friends. I, did I need friends? I did, but I didn't have time. And some people that understood that, guess what they're still called today? Friends. And others are acquaintances. You know what I mean? And that was a hard lesson to learn and it hurt. But I want to give you permission. And so we'll talk more about that as we go. All right? So think about that in your mind. What may be God saying is too much? And let's pray. Jesus, in your name I pray that you would give us wisdom. We want to walk into your purpose for us. We want to walk into more and not less. And we recognize that it is in the margin that we'll find the more that you have for our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give God some praise. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.